Welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. So glad you found your way back. And hey, team, I got a great uh, treat for you today. Uh, just a, an amazing opportunity. So this was out of cycle, but I still wanted to share it with you. Uh, I had, a, had an opportunity to sit down with four superheroes and just go through about what feedback means. Now, keep in mind, this is from an Air Force perspective. Uh, so there's some Air Force jargon in there, some Air Force acronyms. But I just really believe that you can find a place uh, for the advice given, the ideals provided in your organization and how you deal with feedback or the lack thereof. Well, without further ado, let's get right into it. Talk about the other taboo F word, feedback. The good, the bad, the ugly, the truth. Real Talk with Caleb. All right, so hey, MSG. Um, it's um, unfortunately we weren't able to go live, and uh, you know, I, I guess technology and me weren't weren't on the same page and, and weren't agreeing. Uh, so, uh, what I want to talk to you about today is is feedback. And uh, so, I've got a couple of friends on here. Uh, some of uh, so you know some of them from the MSG. Uh, so we got uh, Lieutenant Colonel Nichols on with us today. Uh, you know who he is, the deputy commander up here at the MSG. We got uh, Technical Sergeant Bacchus Leslie on. She's a lead ALS instructor, if you don't know that. And uh, we got Sergeant Marshak Jonathan on. He's uh, the lead FTAC instructor. So um, great to have them on board. And then we got uh, my friend, uh, Senior Wittet. Uh I know you, you know Colonel Berrios, too. And Colonel Berrios was, uh, you know, uh, we were discussing you yesterday, and he might have been talking a little bit of trash about you there, Senior. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> challenging you a little bit. So anyway... Uh, uh, I just wanted to bring them on because, uh, you know, the MSG, you guys uh, hear me all the time. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to get some different opinions and perspectives on feedback. Uh, so I think most people would agree with me uh, that feedback doesn't occur like it like it should, uh, at least not consistently across the Air Force. Uh, you know, you might have a supervisor that gives you really good feedback, and then you might have a supervisor that doesn't give you uh, as good a feedback. Uh, so what I've asked uh, the team here to do is, just kind of discuss, you know, what's on their mind, what they think about feedback, some of their experiences, good and or bad uh, with feedback, some of the pitfalls that you might uh, come across uh, during feedback or, or trying to provide good feedback. Uh, and then and then just overall, uh, you know, what it means to be a good supervisor and why it's important uh, to provide feedback. Because, you know, we have the AFI, right? Everybody has AFI 36-2406. We can read in there. Uh, we can see what the intent of feedback is. We can see how frequent we're supposed to give the feedback. But if you're a supervisor out in the field right now, this isn't about the feedback that you did not receive and you repeating that cycle. Uh, this is about understanding our responsibilities as, a, as an NCO or as a supervisor, because there's different levels, right? And then we have civilian supervisors as well. Uh, so we're talking directly to uh, all airmen uniformed and, and in civilian attire uh, within the 28 MSG, it's our responsibility and our obligation or our duty, I should say, to provide feedback, good feedback that, that, that is smart, right? Specific and measurable and attainable. Y'all know, know the SMART acronym. So this is less about what the AFI says, uh, because we know it's out there, but yet it still doesn't get followed consistently. So we just wanted to have a, a real quick discussion uh, with some experts here from, as I introduced them, we've got various levels of experience. Uh, so we'll get it started off with uh, Leslie, Sergeant Bacchus, and Sergeant Bacchus, and just kind of introduce yourself just a little bit, and then just, you know, kick us off what you think uh, about feedback and just what you want to share with the team. All right. Hey, y'all. Uh, Tech Sergeant Bacchus here. Um, over at ALS, and um, I'm a clinical lab scientist by trade, um, but I've been over there at ALS now for um, ooh, about six months now, I guess, um, and then before that, I was over at Wing Protocol for a year. Um, so what I want to talk about today um, with feedback is um, <clears throat> less about the ACA and more about having that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, and I think that, you know, we've kind of, with modern technology, we've gotten away from that face-to-face uh, -face conversation. And, um, and it, it's a shame because 93% of our uh, communication is nonverbal. And so that's your tone of voice and your body language, right? And so that doesn't come across when you're texting someone. That doesn't come across when you're uh, emailing, right? And so um, what I want to talk about is encouraging you to um, have those just one-on-one -on -one conversations with your airmen. Um, and, that, and it doesn't have to be anything big, right? Um, if your airman is doing something great, tell them they did a good job. 
Um, if they're doing something wrong, tell them they're doing something wrong, right? Um, and, and, have, and having the courage to do that face to face, it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? Um, it's just that conversation to encourage good behavior and discourage bad behavior. And um, on top of that, having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with your airmen uh, helps build those relationships, right? And it makes the feedback easier and easier as you get to know that person. And so that's kind of what, what I wanted to talk about today is just that, you know, feedback is not synonymous with the ACA. Um, it's more about that daily conversation, that daily dialogue uh, with your airmen, right? And, and having the courage and ability to have face-to-face, one-on-one conversations, uh, on-the-spot feedback, um, positive or negative, right? Um, and that just encourages the, the building of that trust and the building of your relationships with your airmen. So, so, so what do you think um, maybe prevents that, right? So you're absolutely right. You have some great points there, but what do you think gets in the way of people having those conversations. I know right now, you know, with COVID, we're not going to be able to have face-to-face -face outside of what other than what we're doing right now, right? But but even prior, so pre-COVID and then post, whatever that is, uh, whatever post-COVID looks like, what do you think stops? What do you think grabs most NCOs' attention or most, super, I should just say supervisors, what, what do you think, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, conflict. I think people um, want to avoid conflict at all costs. Yeah. And, and oftentimes they think that um, having a simple conversation with someone or correcting someone when they're doing something wrong, that it's going to be a big conflict. And um, oftentimes um, what I see is that it takes so much courage for people to just get up and say, hey, you know, um, you're not wearing your uniform right today or hey, um, you know, you, you're not doing the job the way that it should be done. And let's fix that, right? Um, and so I think that they, they want to avoid that conflict at all costs. And, and that's a, such a stigma is that there's going to be conflict when in reality, there's not, you know? Um, and so that, that's why I think that um, that face-to-face -face feedback doesn't happen as much as it should. So again, great insight on that. Uh, so you or, or anyone else around the, around the table, so to speak, uh, what is your advice on, on getting past that, right? So I, I saw this uh, quote this morning. Uh, somebody got it for me uh, for a Christmas gift. It's a calendar's got quotes on it. I love that thing. But this morning it said, you know, when we see, well, when we see obstacles, those, those nasty things we call obstacles is when we've taken our eye off the goal. So in this case, the goal would be to provide good feedback, right? I think everybody would agree with that. And, you know, when you receive good feedback, and I got a little story I could tell later, but uh, first time I actually received feedback, I was a chief master and select, like a legit feedback. I was chief <laughs> master and select. Um, but Anyway, you know, so the goal is to provide good feedback and we know how it feels when you get good feedback. So, you know, you want to do it. And then all these obstacles that start popping up, like you just said, you named a big one of conflict, like, oh, well, I got to actually tell somebody they aren't the best thing since sliced bread, you know? So how do I do that? And that seems conflict. I, I, I like this person, you know, whatever, continue on that road. What is your advice? Uh, so you or anybody else to help our supervisors get past that? Is there something maybe you've learned or is there something maybe you tried that it worked really well uh, to help you get past that? Yes. Um, sorry, guys, I'll speak first really quick. Um, so yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I did have, I actually had the same issues. I was, did not want to have conflict um, when I was a young supervisor. And um, I think what got me away from that is just doing it. Um, the more I just, I had to get, get the courage to do it the first time, right? Um, and then the more that I did it, the more comfortable I became with doing it all the time on the spot. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I kind of really learned that uh, if you're going to give a, a negative feedback, it doesn't have to be um, rude or um, harsh, right? Uh, you can give that negative feedback and still be respectful and positive and turn it into a learning experience for people so that, um, you know, they have encouragement to correct the behavior and then move along with life, right? 
No, that's absolutely great. Uh, you know, it's uh, continue to do it, right? If, if there's something that you, you know you really want to do, whether it's to run better or if we're just taking on the physical aspect or, or play a sport better, you just got to keep working at it and, and continue to build your confidence. So anybody else around the room have anything that uh, they would like to add uh, to that? Maybe something you learned. It, it, maybe it's even the same as, as uh, what Leslie talked about, but maybe it's something different. Let's see if I can go, uh, Sarah Marshak here. Uh, so what, uh, with that kind of piggyback on her, uh, so what she had to say, I think it's important to definitely, you know, we just got to peel off that bandaid and just do it, right? Um, I think that's the biggest message we can send our uh, new NCOs is we just got to peel off the bandaid and get her done, right? Um, on that though, I think it's very important to also follow, follow up and make sure that the, if it's like corrections uh, within the work center, or corrections with uh, physical fitness, if they did better, we need to uh, have that positive feedback too. And I think Sergeant um, uh, Ball said this pretty well. Uh, when we have these conversations, if it's negative, follow up with like three or four positive things that they're doing so that it, it you know that they're doing a great job as well on top of the things that they need to fix. Absolutely, no, that's good. Uh, what about what about you, uh, Senior Whitt? Uh, so I, I think the first time, yeah, the first time obviously being uncomfortable, but uh, you guys hit it uh, right on the head. It's about approach. Like you can say, hey, you suck, right? But at the at the end of the day, you say, okay, how can we fix it? And not just putting out goals and stuff because everybody puts out goals, but you forget that that second step after that, and that's about planning. So how do we get there? And uh, as long as we can spell that out. So one of the things actually that I do, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but uh, before I even give a feedback, I actually do a 360 degree feedback by asking peers and then the chain of command how that individual is. So I do have that constructive criticism. So when we do sit down, uh, yeah, it's right there. So it's not uh, the sugar and gumdrops and all that stuff that we're talking about, like, hey, nothing needs to change. Uh, no, we, we actually bring it to the table. And uh, if the baby's ugly, the baby's ugly. We fix it. So, yeah, I think you know what what Leslie touched on there is great. And so, uh, com you know, comparing what you're saying and what she's saying, and they are very closely linked. But I like how she put it. Uh, we don't have to be, you know, for lack of a better term, a butt about it. You know, you can you tell don't. somebody they're not measuring up uh, to the standard. You know, but if I may. You know, so many people don't know what the standard is. Mm -hmm. So they didn't even get off on the right foot. Nobody got them off on the right sh foot, sh so to speak. So they even, they don't even know what the standard is, right? And, and I give you an antidote from it is, so I was walking around an organization, I'll leave it nameless, it was not here. And uh, I was just meeting Airman in the squadron. And I said, um, you know, I almost said, <laughs> said his name, but I was like, hey man, uh, what is, uh, how's your ACA looking? He's looking at me kind of funny. And uh, so I'm fairly new in the squadron. And uh, I was like, you know, like a, like a feedback. And uh, where, where are you standing on that? And obviously there was more going on in the conversation. I just come, I didn't the first time I meet him and asked him where his feedback was. But, right. um, and then, uh, you know, going on, he's still looking at me really, really puzzled. And uh, so I'm like, you know, there's it's a piece of paper and there's, you know, some check boxes in there and there's some words written down. And he's like, uh, I was a senior master at the time. He's like, senior, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. This, this individual airman, I'm sure they knew some standard that, about the shop, what time to show up to work and, and how to wear my uniform and all these things, right? But they did not have some cl standards clearly identified for them. And then, so there was no way they could get good feedback on those standards that they didn't even know about and how their performance compared to that. So great points. And, and thanks for pointing out you don't have to be, you can be 100% professional and tell someone that they're not getting the job accomplished in the way that they should be getting it accomplished. Uh, but so many times, that doesn't happen. And then it goes back to what Leslie was talking about earlier about the conflict. You know, uh, there's obviously going to be some conflict when you don't do it the right way. So, uh, Colonel, did you have anything that uh, maybe you wanted to add on, on that same in that same vein there? Yeah. So, uh, you know, all those points that everybody's been making is spot on. I mean, I, I have to argue that uh, most of the reasons why we don't do the face to face anymore is because of technology to some degree. Right. So we have so much information coming at us that all different directions that it takes up all of our time. So I think beyond courage, it takes investment and uh, it takes time to actually put into our people and actually take those little five to 10 minute, you know, opportunities that, that aren't focused necessarily just on work too. You got to talk about family. You got to talk about what's going on in their life. You got to understand maybe where they came from so you can better talk to them um, because that, that boils into how you approach them. 
um, people learn differently, right? So I, I look at it like when you when you focus on nothing but negative with people, uh, their their capacity to learn and actually comprehend what you're trying to get after narrows extremely. I mean, it's scientifically proven that people will, will, will shut down when you're always focused on the negative. I mean, I do that with my kids, right? Whenever you're always on them, getting on to them, um, it, it boils down to where they're just going to ignore what you're saying, right? So ultimately, I think the investment that we, we make um, is well suited if we actually take the time to invest in our folks. But, but everything else that was said was spot on. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the conversation because a lot of people are hitting some of the same points. So I'm going to be a gap filler in this conversation because uh, – I've got some some extremely uh, smarter folks on this uh, on this call, and I'm I'm excited to be just part of it. Awesome, I appreciate it, sir. Uh, so so, sir, Marsha, you know, uh, as I introduced you, and, and I'll let you give a little more introduction to yourself, but I would like for you to to maybe talk to the team about, and not just the team here, but the team at large. So the 28 MSG, but then anywhere else that uh, that someone might be listening in from once this once we actually get the video to work right. Uh, but but you know, you get the airmen when they're brand new airmen, if you will, uh, straight out of basic training. They go to technical training, and then they, they land on our front doorstep here at Ellsworth Air Force Base uh, here at Raider Country. What, what do – maybe – as you, as you talk to us about how your thoughts on feedback, so I know you have some personal, you know, things, uh, your perceptions on feedback and as an NCO, but also what are those brand new airmen expecting uh, to, to receive in feedback? What do you teach them in FTAC? Because I think that's vitally important that our supervisors, again, putting aside and not putting aside officially, but they know that there's a, there's a requirement for feedback, but then it, it also helps to know that that airman that's stepping in the door, when they walk through the door, here's what they're expecting out of me as an NCO, because Sergeant Marsha and crew over there has already told them what to be expecting. Well, Chief, uh, absolutely. So we have a, an hour, uh, about 45 minutes to an hour block that we actually sit down and talk about the ACA form. Uh, obviously we hit what the AFI wants us to talk about the, the timelines, the, the dates and everything. Uh, I hit mainly on, it's not only the NCO's responsibility, it's the airman's responsibility to, to try to get that feedback because it's a two-way, it takes two to tangle, right? So I think that's very important that they understand that as well as uh, 90%, 70 to 90% of the questions they have their first year is gonna be found on that benefit fact sheet if uh, the NCO provides it, right? And it is a requirement. So it's very important that they're aware of it. They do receive it here at Ellsworth um, through the uh, documents that I have uh, provide or I provide them within the course because uh, I feel like right now they have a lot of questions. Uh, the second thing is, you know, they just they would just want somebody to care. And the reason I say that, I think uh, an, uh, an NCOI, I went to NCOA, hit this very hard and it really hit me deep is that, you know, we got to look past the airmen, right? And we have to uh, see their parents. What do you, what do you, you, Chief Baden, obviously as a parent, what do you want your airmen or your kids to have while they're in the Air Force? And I think it's very important that we provide that because they are protecting our country and we need to make sure we also take care of them and the people behind them. Um, so I think that's very important as well. Um, they want someone to care. Uh, and then they also want someone to trust them uh, as we talk about within our Airmanship 300 course, uh, professional development, uh, the core values, as well as uh, TLC, not uh, tender loving care, but they sometimes need that, right? Uh, but trust, loyalty, and commitment, and uh, how it, they intertwine and make a better, uh, uh, what I try to instill in them is uh, how to use these three words to better a team. Um, and that's what we kind of provide them with the courses of Airmanship 300 and the ACA feedback. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that because you're, you're absolutely right. You hit on a point. Uh, and I talked to our ALS students as when I get the opportunity to do that, because they're, they're, you know, going in to be brand new supervisors and uh, you know, aside, I guess, rabbit hole on this is, you know, sometimes we do forget about our civilian workforce, our civilian airmen uh, and, and developing them as supervisors and, and, getting over these obstacles we talk about, expectations, understanding what the expectations are of a, even on a civilian coming into the workforce, right, to work for United States Air Force, you know, what are they expecting? And same type of thing, right? So we do spend a lot of time on our military uh, personnel, our military members on getting them up to speed. But what I tell our ALS students, you know, they're getting ready to be supervisors, um, never forget that they came from somewhere. 
right? So myself and Colonel Nichols talked about this the other day too, where it goes into more of like how we treat each other and how we treat each other as people. And it goes all the way back to how you were raised and the type of thing you were subjected to. But I talked to our ALS super, you know, pre-supervisors, if you will, about this. Like my son, you brought it up, right, Jonathan? My son is going to be in the United States Air Force. He's going to be a firefighter. Um, I, as a dad, so as a chief, I have certain expectations, right, as an airman. Uh, but as, but as a, as a dad, you, you gum skippy. I have some, some expectations. So if he comes to work for anybody on this screen or anybody, uh, best believe I expect you to take care of him. I expect you to guide him, and I expect you to mentor him, and use a boot when needed to use a boot. And you know, proverbially speaking, of course, uh, but to set him straight when he needs to be set straight. But to do it in a professional manner, uh, to do it in a kind manner, because he he screws up around the house. And I'll tell him, son, that's not how we do things. But I don't yell at him. And I don't give him the knife. And of course, he's bigger than I am, too. But but still, you know what I mean? On a serious note, you hit a great point there when you said, hey, they want to be taken care of. They want to be known or they want they want to know and understand that you care about them as a supervisor and that you're going to stick your neck out for them to, to help them to grow. Uh, and not one airman that I've talked to that's new to our base here has ever come up to me. And at any point in time in the conversation, I even get the inkling that they thought that it was going to be a, a free or easy ride. And sometimes I hear that. I hear where people's like, well, this is a sense of entitlement and, and this generation, that. And that gen guess what? I was a knucklehead straight up knucklehead when I came into the Air Force. Uh, and, and so my first line supervisor had his hands full. Uh, you know, so it doesn't matter what generation you're a part of or where you come from. We all bring something uh, with us, right? Uh, and so that goes back to where, you know, I spent 18, 19 years before I came into the military doing something completely different. So it's vitally important that as first line supervisors, we get that, whether it's uniformed service member or you're a civilian uh, in, in our in our Air Force, that we, we get that and we understand that. So Thanks for touching on that from a first-term airman perspective, but also uh, some thoughts just from Jonathan's thoughts. What are Jonathan's thoughts on feedback? Something maybe you don't have to, to no names, of course, you know, kind of thing, but if you've got a personal example or, or a story, so to speak, if, of how you experience feedback and maybe a positive and or a negative uh, connotation, something you might want to share with the team so get a little bit better idea of, of what we're talking about when we say about feedback. Well, I think it's very important to have these conversations, these feedbacks. Um, and not be afraid of them. Because I think at the end of the day, I, I, I find that uh, airmen respect you more if you have that that conversation with them and show them that you really truly care. And then uh, I try to throw in, I try to empower them a little bit more when we have those deep conversations to try to instill that they, they are still a leader and they still have a place in this Air Force and everything like that. Um, as for, you know, I've had good and bad uh, uh, supervisors down the road and everything. Um, from the, uh, from the one thing I took from the ones that I learned from one of the bad NCOs is, you know, you give me feedback, but then you don't tell me if I've corrected it. And I think that's, uh, you know, uh, over the years, I've kind of just, you know, no news is good news, I guess. Um, but I don't think that's the right answer, honestly. I think uh, we need to get that feedback because um, what if we are, you know, still not still doing the same thing, you know? And, uh, you know, some good things I've had over the years is uh, when, when NCOs care, they, uh, instead of, you know, hey, I, I really want to, you know, I'm glad you killed it this uh, quarter, you know, write me an EP, uh, uh, you know, 1206 on what you did. Okay, cool. Did you, you were there with me? Can, can we, you know, I think it's, uh, I've doing it for my airmen as well as air, uh, NCOs have done it for me. It's actually just surprising the airmen that they were put up. And, and when they do win, I think it, it means more to them. Um, so I think put in that work, like they put in the work for you, right? Um, I think that's important. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think uh, one time uh, I heard a story about uh, someone, well, I don't think I heard a story. I know I heard a story, uh, but we'll leave them nameless about, you know, sometimes uh, when you get feedback, you feel like that you're the, uh, the scapegoat, right? You feel like, hey, you know what, somebody, uh, somebody's got to be the fall person for this. You don't even know what the standard are. Maybe you know somewhat of the standard, uh, but there's just been enough things happen in the shop or in your flight or in your office or work center, wherever you're located, uh, that, that, you know, maybe, Caleb, you know what, it's your time. Uh, you're the one that screwed this up. You're the one that's at fault. And all of a sudden, you seem like you get all this uh, They'll call it constructive criticism or constructive feedback, but really it's just looking for a fall person. Uh, so, yeah, you know, anyway, I think there's, you're, you're right about 
getting the notes. So I am going to come in. They want, you want their supervisors to care about them. They want their supervisors to look out for them, guide them, direct them, mentor them, teach them and coach them. Right. Uh, and then there's the other aspect of it is when we say that, uh, the trust is a huge factor. Uh, you know, you have to be able to trust somebody to be able to receive that feedback from them. So as a supervisor, some of the supervisors might be out there. I've done it wrong. I do podcasts on, on Caleb's failures uh, and, and other videos on about things I failed at in life. But uh, I did supervising wrong. I did feedback really wrong on one situation. And, and so I'll give you a little bit of the example uh, of what I did. There was an airman that I rated on in Korea. I was part of a unit where did, typically you didn't receive, you know, uh, anything less than a five level. So you didn't get brand new airmen typically in this unit. Uh, so anyway, this, this airman had some issues back in the day. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember or not, but we had a different kind of uniform. It's called a BDU and where you actually had to press it and iron it and stuff. And I was, I was probably the only or one of the few dirt boys walking around that you would have thought was a TI outside of uh, operating a piece of equipment because of my starches or my creases could have probably cut you. Um, but I expected all of the airmen. So that's not, that wasn't a standard. But I expected an airman to do that. So this airman had a, had a had a messed up uniform, and I can see you smiling, Leslie. I know you know where this story is going, um, but <laughs> she's heard it before. Uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, this airman couldn't get his uniform right, and not to belabor the story, I had failed it at figuring out why the airman couldn't get his uniform right. I just went straight off the top ropes and said, hey, if you don't fix this, uh, because I got I got chewed at uh, as well by my mass sergeant, and I said, hey, you better fix that airman. So anyway, I, I told him, I was like, hey, you better you better get this uniform ironed. You know how to use an iron, right? And uh, I'm going to come by your room tonight, make sure at about 7 o'clock, 1900 hours, to make sure you've got this down and you know what an iron is and how to use it. I go to, the, go to his room. He's got tears on his face when I knock on the door when he opens the door. Uh, and he was talking to his dad uh, and his mom was um, essentially about to pass away. Uh, not, uh, not essentially she was passing away. She was in hospice. So um, I mean, we got him on an emergency leave, got him out of there, got to see his mom. Uh, but I cost him uh, roughly about three days from when I realized I should have caught it in the very beginning when I sat down with him. So almost uh, two weeks uh, that he'd been on station with us. I never, when I first sat down, so back to your point, Jonathan, when you said the airman comes in and expects some feedback and expects some, hey, who am I? I expect you to ask that, right, of who I am and, and what I've got going on in my life. And I failed at doing that. I failed at, at, at asking him all these things. I probably could have figured out that he had some, some family issues back home if he'd been willing to share, but I didn't build that trust as a supervisor. So then I was given feedback but incorrectly. I was given the feedback incorrectly. So my, my intent was good somewhat, but my execution was horrible. So what I want to speak to our supervisors real quick on a couple of those points that you made is, and using myself as an example of failing at supervising, failing at giving good feedback, failing at setting the standards, you have to learn from that. You have to learn from that. And it only, if you do it, if you say, hey, man, I really messed that up, and you go and do the same thing, you didn't learn from it, right? Yeah. So I had to go back and, and ask for his forgiveness, honestly, as just as, as an airman, uh, but as a man, uh, as a human being, I had to go back and ask for his forgiveness and say, hey, man, I did this wrong. I know you have no idea how feedback's supposed to go. I had just gone to ALS less than eight months prior to that. So I knew how to do it. I just didn't do it um, for various reasons. Um, so anyway, he, he did thankfully uh, forgive me. And he's like, no, I got to go home. I got to see my, you know, my mom before she passed. But I explained to him, I'm, look, I cost you a couple of weeks that you potentially could have had. So anyway, when I, as going forward, that, that changed who I was as a supervisor, at least started. It didn't change overnight. So any of the supervisors out there that might be listening right now that said, hey, you know what? They've hit on some great topics. I, I can associate with what the chief's saying because I've messed up. Hopefully they didn't, have, they didn't mess up in the same regard that I did, but they, they can associate with that and say, hey, I've messed up. And what I just want to encourage them to do is take everything that y'all are providing, right? Y'all providing some great points, some great advice, and being able to tie that back to say, okay, now I messed up here probably should go ask for some forgiveness potentially, but how do I get better moving forward? Um, so thanks. Thanks again, Jonathan, for sharing that. So Greg, if you can take it from that kind of angle and maybe if some of your experiences on not necessarily just yeah, failing yeah. and not saying you have to share the, uh, share a story or anything like that, but just from that aspect of growing and moving forward with feedback. So and, and being right from, from growing and moving forward, I would have to say uh, the best advice I could give. So if you're listening right now turn off the volume, it's prepare, prepare, prepare. If you're not ready for to give the feedback, do not deliver the feedback. And what I mean is look at their records, man. These are people that you're sitting down. I can't tell you how many people say, hey, what am I missing? What are, am, am I good? So do a records review. And what does that mean? That means, hey, go through their EPRs. Go through, go through the surf, the EPRs, the, the uh, PT, uh, the decorations, whatever they have. So if there's staff sergeant, tech sergeants, master sergeants. So... Uh, and then I look, what do I do? I look at the, the airman's handbook, uh, 
chapter 15.49, um, it talks about the seven facets that the board looks for. So the performance, the education, the breadth of experience, the job responsibilities, uh, professional competence, the specific achievements in the leadership. These are all, so these are the seven facets that a board looks at. So you should have these kind of peppered into your, your EPRs, if you will. But these are things when you're talking about a feedback, like, hey, these are growing opportunities. These are things that we need to get after. I'll give you an example of, of bad feedback, and uh, I'll hold it up here. It's a text-ordinant uh, fish bone structure right now. So if you look at this, this individual received a feedback. They said, hey, you're good to go. You have nothing to work on. If you look at this, this tells you, hey, there's a lot of gaps. There's a lot of holes, and this is the seven facets that I told you about, okay? So that tells me people did not have the courage to go ahead and tell them what needs to be fixed or they didn't have the knowledge to know what needed to be fixed. So I'm kind of giving you a little nugget there to say, pointing you in the right direction of things that you can use, resources that you can use. Yes, you can use 36, 26, 18, um, and that's great, because that, uh, that identifies the roles and responsibilities, but looking at it commensurate to the rank. So if we say, hey, uh, I preach on the four facets of readiness, I need you to be ready, physically, mentally, spiritually, and socially, right? Well, be ready. Well, that charges to the airmen. So to NCOs, guess what it says? You need to champion readiness. What does that mean? So you're leading from the front, champion. And then for senior NCOs, you have to be the role model. So you are in the front. You are the tip of the spear. So you need to stay ready. So it's be ready, okay? Champion and stay ready. Now, if you look at a master sergeant deep here, or disregard, records review. I looked at his stuff, okay? Now you can see there's a little bit more stuff. But why do I show you this? It's because these two individuals, they came in at the same time, okay? They came in at the same time. So if people are questioning, hey, how come I'm not being promoted? What's going on? What do I need to work on? We're not giving adequate feedback. And that's what I'm asking you. I'm challenging you to go ahead and give that feedback. Did I always start there? No, I didn't. But this is a preparation phase. So you should know what you're walking into, what they need to work on. Because it's not a candid, hey, I need you to do that. Yeah, those are expectations. But how do you challenge them for growth? That's what you need to work on. And then you get to the ACA. So that's all I got for you. No, that, that is some great advice. You know, something else to, to think about. So there are some people out there, and I think we've probably all come across them. Uh, and and so my previous supervisors, they came across one for sure. You can tell, you can tell them, uh, some, some people, right? So let's just be, y'all know me, real talk. Uh, let's level the playing field, so to speak. There's some people that never get feedback. They never get the standards uh, or ever, ever truly understand the standards. Right. And then there are some people uh, like me, that you can give me the standards and tell me this is what I need to do. And like I said, I was a knucklehead when I first came in. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I hear you. I'm going to go do my own thing. Uh, so there are some people, and kind of using the example you showed there, we'll see that later on in, in people's careers. So I want to caution, uh, you know, supervisors out there as well. Sometimes you'll come across somebody and, and they'll have a story. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, I've just, I've never been, you know, nobody's ever taken care of me. Nobody's ever rated on me. Right. Uh, and you ask them for a copy of their feedback, uh, and, and they don't have it. Uh, and then you talk to their supervisor and they provide, provide signed copies of a feedback that says, uh, well, in right. my case, it was chief, no chief. Uh, I, I've been giving this person feedback, you know, I have a book of feedback and, and they haven't been adjusted fire. So I, I know there's some supervisors out there right now. And the reason I say that if we were live, they'd probably be hitting us up on, on comments of like, well, what about the airman maidens? <laughs> what about the ones I sat down and I tried to talk to and, and they didn't listen. Right. So I, I want to, you know, encourage our supervisors to continue to do that. And I talked about it a little bit when we first came on the, the AFI says you must give feedback at these intervals. Uh, I gave one airman seven feedbacks uh, in the reporting period one time, documented feedbacks. He got much more than that. And I know uh, Leslie talked about that before too, of like, and everything doesn't have to be documented, right? Uh, right. And, and sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a daily thing, uh, depending on what the situations are. Uh, so he got seven, you know, written feedbacks in that reporting period. End up, and it was something else as a supervisor, we talked about EPRs, or you brought it up, Greg, about EPRs. Uh, I never wanted someone uh, to get asked this question try it out sometime. I'm telling you to walk around the organization, walk around this base if you're at Ellsworth, wherever, and say, hey, uh, Airman or NCO or senior NCO even, what are you getting on your EPR? What are you getting on your OPR if you're an officer? 
or what are you getting on your civilian appraisal? Like where, where you stand right now? And most people will scratch their heads because their supervisors don't sit down with them and talk to them about that. Like, here's where you're stacking up right now. Um, right. You know, there are some people, like I said, that, that get that and some people don't. So anyway, I gave this individual seven official formal feedbacks, if you will, multiple, uh, you know, conversations uh, and we'll leave the base nameless, but there was a place at this particular base where we'd go out. Uh, if you just needed a time away from the base to go chat with somebody, we had, had kind of like the ponds here, so to speak uh, here, if you're here at Ellsworth. And uh, so anyway, they call them lakes here. Let me tell y'all something. Real talk, those aren't lakes. Those are ponds. And it might like the big puddles. But anyway, uh, so we went and had a conversation, you know, and he knew exactly what he was getting on his EPR. And this individual told me, and I won't say his name. I know he wouldn't mind, but I haven't, you know, cleared that with him. When he got his EPR, I was like, all right, let's do the follow-up. That's another thing people miss is after the, fee the EPR closes out, they don't do the follow-up, right? So I sat down with him and uh, I was like, all right, what are your feelings, man? Let's hear it. He was like, honestly, uh, you know, I was a, a tech sergeant then. He's like, honestly, Sarge. Um, I kind of think I deserve a three back when we used the numbers, that was, you know, a little while back when we used numbers, like, I really think I'm, I'm kind of a three. Uh, and you know, so that's what we want with our, the airmen that we supervise, those that we supervise, whether it's civilian, NCO, airmen, it doesn't matter is, is not to have, have them say that necessarily, but have them fully understand where they meet the standards and where they're mess, missing the standards or missing, missing meeting the standard. Uh, so that when you have that follow-up, there's no surprises. When our, when our airmen sign, whether it's their, their uh, civilian appraisal or their EPR or their OPR, that's not the first time they should know, oh, that's where I got marked. Oh, those are the words right. that we're using on this today. That's cool. I didn't know I nailed jello to waterfalls and walked on water while doing it. I didn't know that. Uh, or I didn't know I, wow, really, I, I'm on the oxygen exchange program. I'm helping trees grow. That's cool. You know, like maybe they didn't, they didn't know where they stood, and that shouldn't be the first time they, they see or hear that, right? So um, records review. I like how you touched on that. You know, that's um, sometimes like, uh, you know, people never look at the records. They never look at previous EPRs. And like you, you, I know, Greg, I know. you go through and you're looking at, you know, previous EPRs trying really? to help people from a promotion standpoint, right? Or just records. I have seen exactly the same bullet, multiple bullets on multiple EPRs. It's crazy. Like when you're doing a record review, and I'm like, you know, the promotion boards, they see, they see all of your, your records, right? You know that? Okay. Uh, so there's something else to be said, because I know I got some supervisors out there right now, but like the Airman Vadens, let me tell you about the Airman Vadens. Like, our, everybody has a responsibility. Sorry, I'm getting lamped up. I probably should tone it down a little bit. Amy says, well, I don't wear my, that's my wife. When she said, I don't wear my hearing aids, I get too loud. So I got to calm down. But, but, you know, we have a responsibility as radies as well. We should know when our feedback is due. We should ask and be persistent when we're not getting that feedback. You know what? Look at my records. I remember, again, I'm story time. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get to you, Colonel. We're not going to forget about you, sir. Um, but, but I looked at my EPR. And so y'all know me. I'm a dirt boy. And, and so we got these buckets on the front of our loaders, right? And uh, two and a half cubic yards. Greg, I know you know what I'm talking about. And, and you know, it's not very big, you know, the scoop, if you don't know what a loader is. Um, so anyway, um, I was reading my EPR and I had moved over, over like 300,000 cubic meters of dirt we did on the airfield. It was a crazy job. And on my EPR, it said move 2.5 cubic meters. I was like, Oh, I was so upset, man. You don't understand. Like I was so upset. It's still in my EPR. I got that EPR and I, I want to burn it, but I don't just to keep a reminder of me to me about how much time as supervisors. Look, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with the reporting system and what we're using right now. All I'm saying is that's the framework we're in. A lot of times you hear people say, Hey, let's get out of the think outside the box. That's cool. We can think outside the box, but right now we got to operate inside the box if we want to be successful because that's what the Air Force is using. So supervisors, do me a favor, do yourself, do your airmen a favor and write good stuff in their EPR. All right. Now don't lie, but spend the time getting the feedback, sharing bullets. Hey, Hey, sir, ma'am, this one I'm gonna put on your EPR. What do you think? Cause at the end of the day, it's their career. If that technical sergeant had asked me at that time, Hey, Sergeant Vaden, I'm going to put 2.5 cubic yards in here. If he just sent me the EPR where I could see it, I'd be like, oh, hold the phone. That is not right. We did a lot more work than that. Anybody else reading my EPR, if they're not a dirt boy, they'd be like, Psh, whatever, you know, or not, not familiar with civil engineer, right? Um, but, but to me, that was important, right? So some people look at their records that way, but it baffles me how some people don't. And then they'll have somebody like you, Greg, that sits down with them and say, why am I seeing the same exact bullet on four EPRs in a row? I got, did you ever look at your records? Yeah. And you're saying people that will show up and be like, why well, ain't getting promoted, senior? Tell me what's up. There you go. Here's Thompson, real feedback, some real talk. So thanks for sharing. Colonel, told you I won't forget about you, sir. What you got? All right, guys. So uh, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of be a little more philosophical. Um, you guys talked a lot of, about some really amazing things that I, that I hope totally uh, concur with. Um, but so let's, let's do some facts up front. So as we all know, and I know, 
uh, sorry, Bacchus, you've heard me say this before that, you know, we're not, we're not perfect people. There's not a single one of us that are. Um, so we have to accept that up front, that what we get um, as supervisors and our airmen is, is they're, they're going to, they're going to make mistakes and we've got to be able to course correct in the appropriate way. In order to do that, you got to be consistent and you got to, got to take the time and invest. You got to have courage to be able to have those conversations with them. But as a leader, I think uh, one of the most important things that we forget is that, you know, to build that trust and that relationship and understanding and those kind of things, um, we tend to forget that uh, um, we have to be able to receive feedback too. Um, I think oftentimes we, we, we are more apt as leaders to give feedback than to be willing to accept feedback. Um, so so when, I, when you say two-way street, Sergeant Mark said you're 100% correct in that. I firmly believe that two-way street uh, is the way it ought to be. And the only way to do that is to be available and approachable. And you know that available piece we talked about having time and making time. Um, there, there, there's never a time as a commander, um, if I had one of my airmen show up in my office just to vent or just to talk, that I wouldn't allow that. I mean, I would always allow it. Now, there'll always be an upfront conversation, right? That conversation is, did you talk to your supervisor, chain of command, those kind of things. However, I would listen to them. And then I'd give them the, you know, the caveat. Hey, whatever we talk about, it's between you and I, but if I feel it's necessary, I will let you know that I will plan to, to have an approach conversation with your, your, your supervisor and leadership. But I'd never turn away airmen. Um, whether they're civilian, uh, enlisted, or officer, um, or even contractors for that matter. Because I think the time well invested, you, you'd be surprised what you find out, right? And it goes to a little bit about the 360, right? Getting feedback about an individual from other people's point of view. Um, I think that's really important as well. So I know that was hit on. Um, but when I, philosophically, I want to something I thought, um, you know, I read an article a long time ago. Um, back in 2019, it came out in Harvard, Harvard Business Review. Um, the article, you know, about uh, developing uh, employees was focused on the feedback fallacy that most of us uh, believe that, you know, feedback is so important to drive performance and success and excellence and all those kind of things. You know, really just the purpose is to make people better. Um, well, in that article, it's interesting because they, they highlight the reasons why we believe we need feedback in order to get to that end game, right? And there's three theories that they uh, hone in on. The first one is uh, the theory of uh, the source of truth. Um, which is uh, essentially how other people are more aware uh, than you are of your own weaknesses. And, and, and the only way and best way to actually get um, better is to have them show you um, what that you cannot see uh, in yourself. Um, so that's one aspect, right? And then, then there's another theory called the theory of learning. Um, and that's where we as people um, lack the, the innate ability to, um, um, to acquire, uh, you know, learn regular basis that we actually have to rely on our colleagues to show us how to do something, how to teach us. It's kind of like at tech school, right? You didn't know your trade before you got there, but now you're going to learn how to do the job. Um, so you need that feedback to develop those skills that you might be missing, right? And then there's the, the last theory, the theory of excellence, right? Where we believe that, uh, you know, great performance is 100% universal. Everybody wants to perform at the highest level. Uh, it's certainly, you can analyze it, you can describe it, um, you can even define it. And in fact, oftentimes excellence is easy to, easy to define it's all someone's perspective of what they think excellence actually is. Um, and, and what's interesting is we, we believe that when we see excellence, that it's transferable, that it correlates actually to each other as individuals. Well, that's actually false, right? And what's funny is all three of those theories, it outlines in that article that it's extremely false. All three of them are incorrect because it's so self-centered. Um, it's focused on what we believe we think we need, when in reality, um, that's not how feedback should be. Um, accomplish. Um, and what it boils down to in the end is that, you know, it goes through it, the scientific means and all the kind of articles and research that were done to, to support their, their, uh, their thought process. But what I honed in on was the last sentence of the entire article. And I think it hits to a lot of things that we talked about today. Um, it talks about that we humans do not do well um, when someone, uh, you, know, you know, their intentions are unclear and, they, and they're the ones giving us the, the feedback. Um, about where we stand, how good we are, um, who we really are, um, and what we must do to, you know, to actually fix ourselves, right? Um, we actually excel better and learn better and uh, believe better um, when the people know us and care about us. And they're the ones that telling us what they experienced um, and how they feel about those experiences um, and all um, intended to basically uh, uh, make us better in the end, right? Um, so what I'm getting at there is, again, courage, investment, all those things are important. Um, building those relationships, every one of the feedbacks, if they weren't underlying with dignity and respect, 
having the courage to tell them the positive and the negative, um, compassion, the, the empathy of understanding where they came from and their, their background, um, you know, just, just understand. I mean, you, you will never be able to give somebody feedback if you don't know how they were brought up or where they came from or what their, their, their culture might be, um, maybe what their experience when they were growing up. Um, and then building on that relationship so that there's a sense of trust there so that when you do give them positive or negative feedback, that it, that it comes off genuine and authentic. Um, I think that's really where, where I would hone in on. Um, but what's interesting is um, everybody needs rain and sunshine to grow. So as a unit commander, you, you got to cultivate that within your, your, your organization, all the way down to the shop level. You know, there's a thing that we do uh, from pace, you know, it's called three and five, right? You, you, five in five minutes and you're, you're airmen. Um, as a shop supervisor, one way to get to know your folks is to do that three and five, to, to let them have an opportunity to tell you where they came from, uh, you know, what they care about, you know, what their family is like, um, and then what their goals are, you know, and then you can utilize that and build on that and then be able to support any kind of feedback you give them. But everybody needs rain and sunshine to grow. So you got to be a gardener. You got to cultivate your organization. You got to, you got to get hands, you know, you got to get knee deep on sometimes even you know, and, and get dirty, and you got to have those hard conversations when it's necessary. Uh, it needs to be two-way, like we talked about, and 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 you talked, sorry, Marsic, I liked, uh, you know, you referenced uh, someone mentioning to you guys about, you know, given, here's the negative, but then the, the um, you know, multiple positives after. I think uh, we learn better when we focus on the positives, um, because you don't lose them, like I talked to you earlier. So I used to use the, the two-in-one, you know, the two-up, one-down sandwich. Um, we call it the present, past, and future. Uh, you know, you give them basically the um, two positives and, um, and, and one, one negative, right? So if you focus on a positive upfront conversation and then you hone in on what you want to give them feedback on for course correction and you end on it with what the, the future looks like in a positive manner, I think uh, that's one way to, to do feedback in, in an appropriate way as a supervisor. Um, there's a theory of mine, Chief, and I'll end it with this, is, uh, you know, as, as a supervisor, you, you know, you're the – you're the horse on the carousel that's on the outside and everybody that you have on your watch is on the inside and you're that sturdy, most eloquent horse that everybody wants to be on. And all your folks are on the inside looking at you and you're the one that's in between the outside world of, of that feedback. And you've got to be able to take every bit of that feedback and then look at them to the inside because they want to be where you're at. And you got to look at them on the inside and give them the feedback that, that though your experiences and though the things that you think you believe um, is where they should go, um, it isn't necessarily the way that feedback should work. It should be about giving them how they look from the outside so that they have a better understanding of, uh, of maybe those persons that, uh, that they did not have. Before. So you're the person on the outside looking in and, and they need to see that from a, how, you, how you perceive their, their performance and their, uh, their actions. And then give them your, your thoughts and, and hopefully, hopefully that'll make them grow as, as better leaders and uh, maybe replace you someday. Chief, that's, that's all I got for you guys. Thanks, sir. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, like with everybody else, I, I'm taking notes here. I'm not just looking down, falling asleep. I got my notebook here taking notes. And, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, I say a lot. I know I probably people get tired of hearing me say it, but we can learn from each other no matter what the rank is, no matter what the position is, uh, because we all have different experiences. Um, so every time I'm, I'm talking or chatting with people, I got my notebook out and I'm writing things down. And, and so Chief Wright, I write a lot down from Chief Wright. Um, I need like a direct feed just so I can just like, you know, scribbling all day. But, you know, he talks about uh, being the victim, the villain or the hero. And when I hear you talk about the framework of an organization there, Colonel, I think about the house that the heroes built. Right. So, you know, we can walk around and we can be victims. Uh, and, and when we're talking about of, of feedback here, so I don't want to get it twisted and taken out of context because uh, there's all kind of different uh, victims or victimization out there. But I'm talking about walking. Around, I just never got my feedback. And you know what? Forget this. And, you know, whatever. Right. So we can walk around like that. We can walk around and be the villain. You just be the mean person. Right. And Leslie touched on that. Right. You don't have to be a, a butt uh, when you're giving feedback or we could be the hero. Right. The one that said, you know what? I didn't get everything I, I thought I deserved or, or what I wanted. Uh, I fell down a few times. I'm going to get up and I'm going to help other people get up. So that's what I really want to encourage across our world. Um, but, but definitely within the 28 MSG is let's, let's have the house that the heroes built, right? Let's not walk around being villains or victims. Uh, let's get better at this, right? We, we 
I think first is accept and understand and accept that there's a feedback gap. And there's a lot of other things that got, have gaps in them, but we talk about, hey, there's a feedback gap. All right, there's the problem. I've identified it. Uh, I've come to terms with that. I'm part of that problem. Let me be part of the solution. Um, something else you talked about, the truth. I like it, sir. Uh, the truth is, is not always pretty. Uh, so I don't know if y'all know him or not, uh, but Stefan Hansen, Chief Hansen, uh, that's out at Allison right now. He's a CE chief out at Allison. Uh, I, I think he's uh, uh, interim as a command chief out there right now. Uh, but but he had something he shared the other day, and I don't want to take his material from him, but he had this little toddler on the screen. Not a real picture, but like a um, clip art, if you will, of his toddler. And uh, he was talking a little bit about organizational culture and climate and things of that nature. There's like an adult on one side or what appeared to be an adult and a little child. And the truth is, like you said, sir, is it's not always pretty. You got to accept and understand where you are. And listen, when we grow, it's not pretty. Just think about kids. And that's what he was talking about. Uh, I don't know how many of you are, or all of you that have children that would understand this. And some, I know it's not necessarily the greatest analogy because if you don't have children, it might be hard to associate with. But I guarantee you, you've seen that kid acting up in the store. I guarantee you've seen that whether you have a child or not. And you're just like, man, thank goodness that's not me. Uh, and that's growing. That's a child growing. They were throwing right then. They're throwing a fit. But you think about a child that's learning how to eat, learning how to walk. It's not pretty. Sometimes as parents, you're like, oh, that's so adorable. And on the outside, you're like, that ain't adorable at all. Um, so growing is not always pretty, right? So thanks for touching on that, sir, and just saying, hey, you got to be accepting the truth uh, and then working hard. Uh, so what I'd like to do is, is I'll, I'll sort of, put a, a bow on on the conversation here and I'm giving you time. I'm giving you time to reload your magazine because I'm going to do a rapid fire with you real quick. So I'll, I'll be the, the nice guy and not just drop on you. Uh, so I, what I'm going to do is go around the room after I have a little piece uh, to say, I'll go around the room. I'll hit Leslie, Jonathan, Greg, and then back with you, sir, at the end uh, to send us out. Um, and then your final thought, right? If probably keep it around a minute or so, a, a final thought and then uh, throw out leaders or learners, right? So uh, if we're not learning, uh, then, then it's what, what are we actually doing? Uh, what just existing we're on the oxygen exchange program. Uh, so I'd like you to give uh, our, our audience, our MSG and anybody else that listens to this in the future, uh, maybe a book or a podcast or something like that that's helping you or helped you uh, and just throw that out there. So for me, uh, thank you. First off, thank you to the team that's, that's here. Thank you to our MSG that's got crushing the mission every day. Uh, it's proud to serve with you. Uh, as you've heard me say, and I'm not making that up, it's from the heart. Ask Colonel Nichols. He has to deal with me every day. And I come in and I'm just too much to handle. It's like I'm on extra loads of caffeine or something. I don't know. Uh, but I love, absolutely love what I do. We're teleworking. I'm dialed in from the house because I can't get internet connectivity the way I need it for my personal laptop. So, I mean, we're all, we're all over the place. Uh, but we, this is, this uh, pandemic, if you will, has given us an opportunity uh, to, to meet in spaces that we might not have ever met in before and be able to share and help other people grow. So I think that's phenomenal in that regard. Uh, when we look at about this pandemic that we've gone through, what can we actually take away that said, hey, you know what? I grew there. It wasn't always pretty, like we just said, but I grew there and this is just something good we can continue. So even after post-COVID, whatever that looks like, I really want to keep things like this. So just thank you for taking the time uh, to dial in and, and to share your advice, share your wisdom to help our team grow. Uh, and that's, that's big airmen all across the, uh, the globe, if you will. And, and anybody else that can apply this, even from a civilian organizational standpoint. But uh, so for my favorite book, uh, Extreme Ownership. Uh, I think Jocko is just a, a beast, right? He was a, a SEAL commander and uh, just a straight beast. But the way he presents uh, that book, you have to be careful in some regards to not become a micromanager, but extreme ownership. And I think it goes right in hand, to me, hand in hand with feedback. Uh, we got to own it, right? The house that the heroes built, right? I know it's kind of a, a Calebism, <laughs> right? Uh, Chief Vadenism. But, uh, but seriously, like when you read that book, if you hadn't read that book, please read that book or, or listen to it on an audible book or uh, he's got podcasts as well, but uh, it really gets after just owning it as a supervisor, as a leader, just truly owning it. So that's what I got. Uh, we'll kick it around the room. Uh, you should have had time to reload your magazines, adjust your, adjust your plates and should be good to go. And then sir. So once you're done, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll send this out, out of the MSG here and we'll log off. So Leslie, what are your, your final parting thoughts and, and uh, something you want to pass on from a, uh, a leader's learn perspective? All right, so my final is um, <clears throat> be willing to accept feedback. So um, I know Sergeant Marsha hit on that a little bit. Chief, you hit on that. And Lieutenant Colonel Nichols, you hit on that as well. Um, you, we want to see growth as supervisors as well, right? And set that example for your airmen, okay? So if you're showcasing that you're willing to accept feedback, you're willing to grow, you're willing to acknowledge that maybe you don't always do things the right way, um, then 
I guarantee that your airmen are going to follow suit and they're going to be willing to accept feedback as well. Um, and then I'm also, um, I also uh, read the Harvard Business Review. Um, I have to do that for my master's class quite frequently, Colonel Nichols. And um, it's very good. Um, they have a lot of really good articles on there that give insight into businesses as a whole. Um, and then, um, you know, organizational structure, leadership, all different kinds of things. And um, I have found some really good value in some of their articles as well. So that's it for me, Chief. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jonathan, parting words for you. Right now I'm reading a book from Abraham Lincoln about Abraham Lincoln. And uh, one thing that uh, I find uh, uh, within it is that uh, he was always a, a wanderer, right? He always walked around, saw his people, and took uh, just to see what they're doing every single day. And his uh, staff hated him for it because he was never in work or in his office to do work, right? But what gave him or what that did for him is he knew everyone he knew what their job was so when there was a decision to make he knew what it was so what i'm trying to tell you email can wait email uh the stuff on the computer go out and see your people i think that's the most important thing me being security forces i always want to know what my guys are dealing with or what resources i need to get them right um that's the book i'm reading right now obviously uh taking some college classes um, but another thing is I listened to a podcast by Dr. Thomas, the number one uh, motivator, right? Speaker, motivation speaker. And I think the biggest thing is grind every single day, 110% every single day. And that means get up early. If you're having, you know, up early, stay up late, put time in yourself and then uh, don't be afraid to fail. Um, and then, um, the last thing for the airmen, you know, seeing them in, in uh, F-Tech every single day, they want to learn. They, they raise their right hand. They want to serve. They don't want to hear uh, negative stories. They want to learn what you have uh, and sharpen their blade so then it keeps continuing and bettering our Air Force. I think that's the biggest thing here is that uh, as NCOs, we're getting to the point where we're in that retirement level and, you know, now we need to start training our uh, airmen below and making sure that our uh, Air Force keeps being the best that it is. That's all I got. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Greg? Hey, really quick. Yeah, uh, Leslie actually nailed it. So uh, I, I would say the biggest tip, obviously, prepare, prepare, prepare. Uh, but what he said, so is get out to your airmen. So don't, don't be a leader. Don't, uh, don't lead by proxy, if you will. Get out there. Uh, there is no such. So I'm actually reading uh, Sharing Success, Owning Failures, uh, and this is Colonel uh, David Goldfein. Yeah, the name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Right? Chief of Staff of the Air Force, General Goldfein. And then I could easily, uh, easy cop out for me is sticking back to the basics, and it's uh, 36, 26, 18. Read it, okay? Uh, gives you a lot of uh, nuggets in there, especially roles, responsibilities, and how to lead and uh, what we should be doing uh, from the top down. Thanks. That's awesome. Nice plug for uh, Back to the Basics with Boobity, too. We'll have to keep him on that. All right, sir, parting words for you. All right, so I'll keep it quick. Uh, bottom line for me is, is that you got to know your folks. And, and the only way to do that is to, as you guys all talked about, is take the time and invest in them. Um, have the courage to have those conversations. And sometimes ask the, the multiple, multiple questions, of the same, actual same question multiple times, basically, right? I mean, Sometimes when you got to get to know folks, you actually have to kind of force yourself a little bit that way um, by saying, hey, how are you doing? Uh, how are you doing? Till you get the right answer. Um, but bottom line is to build those relationships, not tear them down, right? Keep the, do keep the door open. Uh, make that, you know, make that time in, in person uh, for, for those that you care about and those that care about you. Um, and, and, you know, what's interesting is multiple perspectives is really important. Um, if you always have the same people that you lean to because you're similar, um, you'll, you'll tend to replicate problems. So the idea there is to, to make sure you surround yourself with a team that's not a carbon copy of yourself. Um, arguably, I think that's the most important uh, when it comes to getting true, no kidding, honest feedback. Um, and ultimately, too, you can uh, you know utilize those strengths and weaknesses better the organization as a whole. Um, as far as reading material, so you know, no offense, but I'm an engineer. Uh, you know, on the on a literal side, uh, reading would if it has you know large pictures in a coloring book. Kind of thing, you know, I mean, I'm from the south too, so I'm a little 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 
not really about reading, um, but I read short articles. Uh, and to be honest with you, those are the most influential because I can digest them, take the quick nuggets out of them, uh, and do those things. So Harvard Business Review is certainly good. But as far as a book that, that I've read in the last couple of years that I think uh, has changed um, some of my perspective or reinforced some of the already perspective that I had is Dare to Lead and Brene Brown. I mean, ultimately, there's a lot of things that are, that are you know, in that book that I could read it probably multiple times and find more uh, information about how I can apply it to my life, you know, not just at work. Uh, and, and probably I just would end on um, this thought, Chief, that where I believe some feedback or receiving feedback is because they believe that when they take this uniform off, that, 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 that they're a different person. Or when they put it on, that they're a different person. In fact, uh, they ought to be the same. And that's how you become genuine and authentic, that if uh, you separate between the two, that you're the same person, um, then all things are easier. Um, you don't have to think who I need to be today um, in order to impress somebody or, to, or maybe you know, need to do something different just to, to get my point across. Uh, you ought to be uh, the exact same person um, to, to the very nth degree that you can possibly be both on and off duty. And uh, it certainly will resonate in everything that you do. Absolutely. That's awesome. So heroes, uh, thanks again for your passion. Thanks again for your leadership and, and show in uh, your heart on the situation. And it says a lot about your character and as leaders. Uh, so just again, thanks so much. And we out here. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the audience. Thanks for always coming back uh, to Real Talk with Caleb. And uh, hopefully that you were really just blessed by this. A special shout out to Lieutenant Colonel George Nichols, Technical Sergeant Leslie Backus, Technical Sergeant Jonathan Marshick, and Senior Master Sergeant Greg Wittet. Uh, thanks so much, heroes, for being on the show. And thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Keep leading our airmen out there in the Air Force. And just again, thanks for all that you do. Until next time, legends, keep it real. <laughs>